Welcome to another edition of the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast. It is episode 67 of Stands and Fits in the Carl Chevrolet Studios, presented as always by the professional MBA program at the Ivy College of Business at Iowa State. What's going on, dude? Not a whole lot. The regular. The regular. Regular off-season pod coming right up. Right. We uh, don't have very much to talk about today. No, not a whole lot of cycling stuff. Thank goodness for the preseason football magazine. I was going to say, we got saved by Athlon. Mm-hmm. Athlon and Streets and Smith coming out today. Um, is that where you want to start? Sure. Do you have anything else on your mind? Is Lindy still a thing? Uh, yeah, I I believe so. Okay. Uh, I think Streets and Smith, Street and Smith is like sporting news, basically. Gotcha. Uh I could be wrong. Yeah. I don't know. These were the only two that I saw. Let's dig into those. Today when I was in the bookstore. Which, uh, which bookstore did you go to? Went to Barnes & Noble on University. No free advertising, though. Lovely. Uh, so we're not going <laughs> to say anything else about that. All right. Uh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we're very strict. I was at, yeah, I was at Barnes & Noble. Uh, our state picked third in both. I am more of an Athlon guy. Kind of, It's much more comprehensive than what... Uh, Street and Smith says, but if it's there, I'm going to get it. Obviously, I'm waiting for Phil Steele to come out l- middle of next month. Mm-hmm. That is kind of the, the Bible. Yep. But uh, this one will have to do for now. Like I said, Cyclones picked third, projected to finish eight and four in the regular season, six and three in Big 12 play. Um, my first thing that I wondered is who are the three losses? I think you can probably guess two pretty easily. Yep. Obviously, Texas and Oklahoma. The only thing that I that brought that that maybe put a question in that in my mind is that they have Oklahoma and Texas both going seven and two. So they have both of them dropping at least one game. Correct. Now, and obviously if it's seven and two, then that would be just the conference games. Right. So, so they're, they're picking them to lose a toss up game. Somewhere. Right. So obviously one of them will lose to the other. Yep. And OK, so say Oklahoma wins, then they've got to lose two games. Yeah, somewhere in there. And you'd figure, I, I would bet Iowa State would probably be considered to be one of those. Well, yeah, I would think they would be a candidate. The only thing that would really worry me about feeling too positive about that is the fact that it's in Norman. I mean, yeah. Which obviously, you know. It's a revenge game for them, even though they got revenge last year. Well, and despite the fact that they won there last time, they had won there, they've won there twice. <laughs> in yeah. like the last 30 years. I, it is going to be interesting to see how many Iowa State fans kind of expect if the season's going well up to the point where they go down to Norman, how many people are going to pick them to win in Norman again. Correct. Uh, but that would also mean that Texas would lose one more time. And I would think that that would be a potential for Iowa State. Mm-hmm. Uh, or you could say Iowa State loses to both of those teams. And then I figured that if you were going to guess, it would probably be at Baylor would be the next best I guess so. possibility. I mean, that's like, that's what all I looked at. I was like, I, I mean, I really know because you got, you know, the Oklahoma State you play at home. I wouldn't think that they would pick that one. No. Uh, West Virginia, you go on the road and they, they picked them seventh to go four and five okay. in the Big 12. So... I, yeah, so that's kind of where I was at. I was yeah. like, man, I don't know. Like, I feel like it's probably got to be Oklahoma, Texas, and Baylor would be the three so it's pretty best well, candidates. Well known that Texas and Oklahoma are in front of Iowa State in the standings, but can you go down the list after that that they picked them in? Yeah, so that's the top three, and then it goes Oklahoma State at four, Baylor at five. They have uh, the same record, oh, and they actually have the same record as TCU. They're all eight and four, all five and four okay. in the Big Twelve. Uh, West Virginia at seven, six and six, four and five in the Big Twelve. Texas Tech five and seven, three and six in the Big Twelve. Kansas State five and seven, three and six in the Big Twelve. And Kansas two and ten, zero oh and nine in the Big Twelve. Okay, man, that that middle of the Big Twelve this is going to be pretty down this year. I feel like. Yeah, and that's what that's what made that interesting to me. Where I was like, they must play some really crappy non-conference schedules. Where I mean, I don't. I guess I haven't really looked at them, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, it seems like Baylor, for sure, always plays a really patsy non-conference yeah, schedule. Yeah, I'm going to look and see what Baylor's non-conference schedule is. This might be funny. Um, they play Stephen F. Austin, Texas San Antonio, and on the road at Rice before the Cyclones come to town on September 28th. Man, that at Rice game. And, and I don't know. Rice has fielded a few okay teams in recent years, but I don't think you can really call that a tough game. No. Yeah, you got... <laughs> 
that's that's so typical Baylor. Yeah. That's like the most typical Baylor schedule I've ever seen in my life. So Oklahoma State has at Oregon State, uh, then they play McNeese at home, and then they go on the road to Tulsa. So at least they play another Power Five team. Yeah, Oregon State's like one of the five worst Power Five teams in the country, though. But it is a Power Five team. Yeah, I. <laughs> I guess if if we want to get technical. I mean, you could you could call it oh, the wait. the the Kansas of the Pac-12. This has to be wrong. This is wrong. TCU, they have uh, TCU's 2019 schedule being Stephen F. Austin, UT San Antonio, and at Rice. Oh. Before playing Iowa State on September 28th. Mm. So, a uh, mm. little bit of a mistake there in Athlon where they put TCU and Baylor's schedule the same. All right. Uh, so, we don't know what – I'm not even going like, to take the time to look. We'll <laughs> assume that it's probably somewhat similar. Uh, it, one interesting thing that I thought about, if Iowa State goes 8-4 and four and 6-3 and three in the Big 12 – it means that they go two and one in non-conference play, and yep. I'm willing to guess that that one projected loss probably is not Northern Iowa. Is probably not Northern Iowa, and probably not Louisiana Monroe. No, doesn't surprise me honestly. I, I was had our number for four years in a row, so it's pretty easy as a preseason magazine to pick that as a loss for Iowa State. Yeah, uh, that's what that Iowa, Iowa State is listed as one of the games to watch. Mm-hmm. Just it, and it just notes Matt Campbell has raised the national profile of Iowa State football, but has yet to beat Iowa. I guess I should look at what Iowa's. I, that would have been an easy way to to do this <laughs> to verify. Uh, yeah, they have them going nine and three and six and three in okay. the Big Ten. So yeah, all all their losses in in conference. Iowa Iowa State is not a game to watch in the Big Ten, apparently. Man, because apparently the Big Ten just means more. I guess maybe it's because they're. Not at, oh wait, no, that, that can't be because West Virginia is on the road at Missouri. No, it's not that I, existing. Iowa's schedule gets a little bit tougher this year than past than in past years, correct? Yeah, it is. Um, because that's why, so this was interesting to me. They do the unit rankings uh, and they put out their predicted order of finish in the Big Ten. Can, did you, didn't see that, did you? I have not seen anything. Okay. This team, unit rankings, three, Nine, nine, six, eight, ten, and six. So, quarterback third, running backs nine, wide receiver tight ends nine, offensive line sixth, defensive line eighth, linebackers tenth, and defensive backs sixth. What position would you predict they would finish in in the West Division? Wait, is that Iowa, or do we not know the team? I'm not telling you the team. Get, like you guess what position they finish in the in the <laughs> West Division. I would project. In the West Division, what, there's six teams in the West Division? Yeah, seven, so, seven. Seven, seven teams. Okay, so if there's seven teams, I would project that team finishes fourth or fifth. That is Athlon's Big Ten West Division champions. Holy Nebraska Cornhuskers. No way. Yes. See, I was going to guess it was Nebraska because their QB is good. Yes. But uh, they've got Iowa. Wow. Iowa's is quarterback fourth, running back sixth, wide receivers tight ends tenth. Uh, offensive line second, defensive line fifth, linebackers ninth, and defensive backs third. Huh. See, and that, We're going to come back to that. On paper, that sounds better than what you listed for Nebraska. Yeah. But they Nebraska plays them at home. That was, I guess that was the point of, of all of this was that I was going to go and look at that. But yep. uh, no, Iowa's schedule, they, like I said, they got to go to. Um, where's Iowa at? They have to go to. Nebraska in the last game of the season. They have Miami of Ohio, home against Rutgers at Iowa State, home against Middle Tennessee at Michigan. That's a big one. Uh, come back home and play Penn State at home. Another big one. You got Purdue at home, which should probably be a pretty good game. Yep. Uh, at Northwestern, at Wisconsin, home against Minnesota, home against Illinois, and at Nebraska. Okay. And they have Michigan going, I think, 11-1. Uh, and one. And going to the college football playoff, if I remember correctly, twelve and one, yeah, and winning the big, and obviously beating Nebraska in the Big Ten championship. So game. no Ohio State for Iowa this year, but then again, having Ohio State on the schedule hasn't meant an automatic loss for them either. No, they beat Ohio State a couple uh, times. I mean, if we looked at this, it's obviously a win against Miami of Ohio, win against Rutgers, Iowa State. I, I mean, I think Iowa State will win that game. I, yeah, I think that you probably think Iowa State will win that game. But at the same time, again, it's, I'm, I'm I, not surprised that no, Athlon picks them to lose. I would consider that to be a toss-up. Win against Middle Tennessee. Not winning at Michigan. Nope. Uh, Penn State won't be as good without Trace McSorley and all the guys that they've lost. So 
They'll still be solid, though. Yeah, they'll still be solid. But I would say at home, I'd give the upper yeah. hand to Iowa there. Mm-hmm. Home against Purdue, I think that's probably a win. I think it could be a good game, though. At Northwestern. You never know with Northwestern, man. Right. Especially when Iowa plays them. Right. I'd call that a toss-up, too. At Wisconsin, I'd call that a toss-up. Uh, Minnesota at home, probably a win. Illinois at home, a win. And then at Nebraska, another one that I would say is probably a toss-up. Yeah. So it sounds like there's a lot more toss-up games in Iowa's schedule this year than maybe in the past. Like in the past, it seems like they had maybe one or two games that were kind of the the pivotal. You have to win that game and you have to get an upset in order to have a, a better than average Kirk Ferentz season. Right. And even last year or two years ago, you know, you they destroyed Ohio State. They nearly beat Penn State. And like it just worked out where they got Ohio State and Penn State at home in the same season. Yeah. Like that doesn't – that hardly ever happens. That's why this – in comparison to some of those other schedules, this one looks difficult yeah. because of the fact that they've got to go to Wisconsin and go to Michigan, go to Nebraska. I don't know the last time that I saw Iowa have to go on the road that many times in the Big Ten to, like, legitimate atmospheres. Uh-uh. Yeah. And, man, I don't know. And the offense is going to be interesting, too, because if, if they can't figure out how to replace Noah Fant and TJ Hawkinson, it might be a struggle sometimes. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, that's why their receivers are ranked 10th. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, it's like, yeah, Nate Stanley can be as good as any, I mean, he, anybody in the country. If you don't have anybody to throw yeah. the football to, then things could get a little dicey. In all likelihood, we could see Nate Stanley picked in the top, what, three rounds in next year's draft if he has a good year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he was fourth, the fourth best Big Ten quarterback behind, uh, I would assume, Justin Fields and Shea Patterson and then Adrian Martinez at Nebraska. Yep. Uh, I don't think you can argue that, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, so then Iowa State, their unit rankings. This is where I think things get really interesting. Quarterback third, Brock Purdy picked third team, all Big 12 preseason. Uh, obviously, I think people can guess the first two. Sam Ellinger was first team and Jalen Hurts was second team. Uh, running back was ninth. That doesn't surprise me because there's a whole bunch of unknowns right now for Iowa State's backfield. Yeah. I mean, as if you, uh, I guess at the same time, you're looking at a unit. So I wonder if, I wonder if the... Who does Texas Tech bring back? <laughs> That's like, a good question. That, so Texas Tech is eighth. I'm looking. Uh, they return, well, they return Tejon Henry, former Iowa State recruit. They've got a sophomore and a freshman. Uh, and, they had, and they've got like 341 yards rushing, returning. Yep. In, in Tejon Henry, and then the, the backup is a freshman. But again, I get who it. didn't play. Because Iowa State's going to heavily rely on two, maybe even two fr- true freshmen, Kanae Wangwu and Johnny Lang, essentially. But wouldn't you feel, like, if you look at what Sheldon Crony and Kanae and Johnny Lang have done, yeah. like, they've all been serviceable at different times. Like, I, I would look at those three guys and be like, I mean, Kanae ran for 157 yards on. 39 carries and Johnny Lang for ran for 20 or 79 yards on 22 carries. The problem is I don't know what Sheldon ran. The for. problem again is just that it's a small sample size compared yeah. to a bunch of other schools. That's fair. I I would think that I would think though you're just like really looking at names at that point more than you are anything yeah. else. Well, you know? yeah, and, and you're not wrong, but at the same time, how much time can you really put into it? Yeah, a lot of time. Well, it's like look, think about. I mean, this is just where I'm coming from. Where it's like when I look at them ranked ninth, I'm mm-hmm. like. Man, like their best offensive game they played might have been that Oklahoma State game, and David Montgomery didn't even play. My guess would be at the end of the year we're looking we're looking back, and we're gonna Iowa State's running backs will be right in the middle of the Big Twelve yeah, as far as I, effectiveness. Right. Well, that's like you said, you got two true freshmen that you don't really know at this point what you're gonna get. Uh, Iowa State's receivers seventh. That's a little bit a little bit low. I would have pegged them probably fifth or so. I think. Yeah, uh, I would. Be interested to know if that if those rankings were put together before Lamichael Petway, yeah, yeah. Petway was uh, was signed. Um, but I would think that Deshante Jones was third team All Big Twelve, and I mean Tariq Milton's gonna be pretty good. Yeah, that's what. Like I looked at that and I was like, man, Deshante third team All Big Twelve. I feel like Tariq Milton would have a good case to be something but obviously there's so many and good, good does, receivers you never know. Does their uh, wide receiver group involve tight ends as well? Uh, or is yeah, it separate? Yeah, wide receivers. Yeah, yeah, wide receivers and tight ends. See, that would make that would make him bump up in my opinion because I think Iowa State has a pretty solid group of tight ends for the Big Twelve. I mean, they might have the best group of tight pass catching tight ends in the in the league. Yeah, exactly. I, I mean, not like I can't think of somebody that would be have better guys. I don't know. Oklahoma, I mean, maybe. Yeah, as I say, Oklahoma uses their tight end a lot, but other than that, I don't know. I mean, you look at 
between Chase Allen and Charlie Kohler. Like, Both of those guys are real good pass catchers. Well, and that's what – I mean, uh, even before they went and got Petway, I looked at it and I was like, all right, you got Deshante Jones, who's caught a lot of passes at Iowa State. Obviously, he's been more of a complimentary guy previously. But then you got Tariq, who we saw what he could do last year. And from all – you know, from everything that we've heard, he's a guy that they feel like can make a big jump in year two, getting into more of a, a spotlight-type position. And then we saw Charlie Kolar do it last year. We've seen Chase Allen do it before. Mm-hmm. That's where I, I look at those four guys and say, like, man, you've got a pretty good base there, regardless Agreed. of the fact that I think you've got a better base. You don't have the star potential, but you might have a better like core base four yeah. than what you have in the last two and years. And that's probably what's keeping them down is that you don't, you don't look at that list of names and be like, wow, that guy's really good right. to any of them. Well, yeah, and it's, I mean, I'm sure you get a lot of help when it's, you've got a Hakeem Butler. Yeah. Or an Alan Lazard, yeah. that everybody knows who they are. You know, you look at Deshante Jones, and it's like, well, yeah, he's caught a lot of passes, but yeah, it's like, who is that? A lot of people probably figure too that oh, now that Iowa State doesn't have Lazard or Butler, they don't have that big wide receiver they can they can rely on. So it's like they're gonna have to fall back on these these other receivers. Right. Uh, the offensive line, fifth. <laughs> I, I think that's high until you prove otherwise. Fifth. Now, they return a lot of experience. I'll give them that. But is it necessarily the best experience? Iowa has two guys on the All-Big 12 team on the offensive line. Josh Knipfel and Julian Good-Jones. Yeah. Uh, other teams with two guys. Texas has two on the first team. Good for them. Uh, Texas Tech. Does Oklahoma, Texas Tech Oklahoma, have two? Yeah, they've got two. Oklahoma they've got one lost first team a lot, but Oklahoma's always good on a line. Yeah, they still have Oklahoma at number one, but that's probably just based on pure <laughs> amount, the fact that they just recruit yeah. ridiculously. Uh, Oklahoma has the second team center. So Iowa State has more, more preseason all-conference offensive linemen, according to Athlon, than Oklahoma does. <laughs> Uh, and that, again, by the end of the year, I think we'll be looking back and we'll kind of just see that Oklahoma was better. And I think, I think a lot of them being ranked fifth, you can put it on. Okay, so Baylor return, returns. Baylor is at is ninth. They return two. Obviously, we just mentioned Iowa State returns all five starters. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kansas returns three. They are at – well, I don't think I need to tell you what Kansas is at. <laughs> uh, Kansas State returns three. They are seventh. Oklahoma turns the one, uh, and they're, like I mentioned, they're number one. Oklahoma State returns three, and they are third. Uh, hmm. TCU has two. They're fourth. Texas returns two, and they are second. I should have probably <laughs> known that. Texas Tech has four. Sixth, I think. And, yeah, and they're sixth. Uh, and then West Virginia is eight, and they've got two. Okay. So, so I mean, yeah. you can, I think that o- Iowa State almost gets bumped up to fifth based on the pure fact that they're the only team in the league that has all five guys returning, and yeah. they've all played together. Like, <laughs> it's like, yeah. okay, they've got five starters. They, they're bound to be at least average, right? <laughs> yeah. But, again, it's so hard for me, like, having watched that offensive line. And I, I hope that they're, they're better this year. Yeah. Like, and, and you know, every, every Cyclone fan does. But having watched film, again, every game last year, it's like, man, I wouldn't rate that a top half of the Big 12 line. Well, that's what – I was so shocked when I saw that. I just – I was like, man. Yeah. When's the last time Iowa State was fifth in the Big 12 and – Offensive line. If Iowa State has the fifth best line in the Big 12 this year, they will they will finish third or better. Yeah, that's what I was I was just gonna say. If Iowa State has the fifth be, fifth best offensive line in the Big 12, they might go to the Big 12 championship game. Honestly, legitimately, they might. yeah, yeah. And it makes the fact that you've got all these running backs that are kind of unproven. Yeah, it really changes things a little bit. The offensive line has been the, by far the biggest deficiency on offense, and it's what's been holding our offense back from taking that next step. Man, that running backs thing still has me a little. Like, just a little confused. Like, they got two four-star running backs coming in. Yeah. Like, I would think that just on pure talent, you look at it, it's like, okay, there's some talent there. You know, there's there some is. guys that – they have Kane Nwangu as their first-team kick returner. Yeah. Like, they know that he's good. I wonder if they're they're pessimistic on the running backs just because they're not convinced the offensive line is going to be that good this year. But at the same time – It doesn't really – It doesn't, doesn't really add up. Add up. I yeah. know. But because that, that would be my logic as to why they'd rate the running backs so low. All right. Well, that doesn't matter. Man, I feel bad for Kansas. They got the tenth quarterback. 
the 10th wide receiver tight ends, the 10th offensive line, the 10th defensive line, the 10th linebackers, the 10th defensive backs. But hey, Puka Williams bumps him up to fifth on the, in the running backs. Good for Puka. Did Puka ever get his legal situation figured out? I was out? just going to ask you that. Yeah, I didn't know. I don't know if like, I've is ever he actually gonna, about is, that. Is he actually going to start the year? That's what, I was, that's what I'm wondering. He might be suspended a game or two. We'll see. The lowest one that Texas has is third, wide receivers and tight ends. Man. Even Oklahoma's sixth in the defensive line, sixth, seventh, and ninth on defense. Yeah, their, their defense was bad last year. Speaking of defense, uh, there is one clear defense U, and that is Iowa State. Yeah, man. Uh, the defensive line, ranked number one. Linebackers, ranked number one. Defensive backs, ranked number three. They're like aggregate average defense ranking is the same as Texas's. That's incredible. Because Texas goes 2-2-1 and Iowa State goes 1-1-3. If they play to their potential this year, it might be the most fun defensive season at Iowa State ever. And last year was a heck of a lot of fun. Right. And I was like, I was like, man, okay. I wonder if they're basing that on the units or what. But they've got Jaquan Bailey, first team all Big 12 uh, at defensive end. Ray Lima, first team all Big 12 at defensive tackle. Marshall Spears, first team All Big 12 at linebacker, and Greg Eisworth, first team All Big 12 at safety. Man, that center of the defense is going to be so solid. So there's four Cyclones on the first team All Big 12 defense. Baylor has two, Kansas State has one, Oklahoma has one, TCU has one, and Texas has one, and Oklahoma State has one. So they've got four, and the next closest is two, and everybody else there has one. That's awesome, dude. That's <laughs> that, unreal. That's, that's hype train stuff. Well, yeah, and to make it even crazier, they get. Mike Rose, second mm -hmm. team, and I think that there's probably a case that could be made for him to have been first team. That I think you could have made a case to put him above Marcel to flip those two. Yeah. Uh, not that I'm saying Marcel like doesn't deserve that. They're both but, just really good. Right. They're both really good, and I think you can, if you really want to start picking nits, you know. Uh, and then they didn't have anybody on the third team. And the crazy thing is they're replacing two cornerbacks, and they still rank highly in the secondary. Too. Right. Right. Well, and that's probably largely on the Ice fact work. that you bring all your safeties back and the two cornerbacks that are stepping in. We've already seen a lot of them. Yeah, they got a lot of PT last year. Yeah. The only guys that I that I looked at that I was like, man, maybe you could make a case for him was uh, was any. I think you could probably. Yeah, make and I a think case for him if he had, if he had not been injured last year, I think he probably would have been on one of those teams. Right. Uh, but based on this, in, amount, in the amount of pub that Jaquan Bailey gets in here, there's a. So they do it like an anonymous coaches thing. Mm -hmm. This says, quote, Jaquan Bailey would start for anybody in the league. He's a hell of an end. Stands and Fitz is going to be the drivers of the Jaquan Bailey Big 12 Defensive Player of the Year train. Ooh, I like it. I'm calling it right now. That's what we're. That's going to be our our hill to uh, to to live on to start the season. You don't know off the top of your head how many sacks he had last year, did you? Or he had a ton. He of had the, eight sacks last year. He had a ton at the beginning of the year, right? Uh, uh, yeah, and then he had a couple right at the end. Yeah, I want to say but he, he enters this season tied for the all-time lead in sacks at Iowa State, 18 and a half. Oh, really? So he just needs one more to yeah, break so it. He'll be the all-time leader in sacks within probably the first well, two that's, weeks that's of the all season. The, that's all the fuel you need for the hype train, right there. Exactly. Right? Yeah. I mean, oh, and the rising star for Iowa State, Brees Hall. <laughs> <laughs> so they're well aware of what's going to be coming. Right. Uh, but to bring that all full circle, Iowa State projected to go to the Camping World Bowl. And that is because Athlon is not near as high on Texas as what Street and Smith says. Mm -hmm. They have the Longhorns going to the Alamo Bowl and Oklahoma going to the Sugar Bowl. Okay. So they don't have any Big 12 playoff. No. No Big 12 team in the playoff. Uh, and then no – Big 12 team getting an at-large. Gotcha. And I think that that's not surprising either. Like, I think the Big 12 as a whole is going to be down this year, and I feel like the strength of the conference or the, the lack of it is probably going to keep them low in the committee's mind. That would mean that they've probably, like, they're generally, I would think to the aggregate or just like the average, what people are going to pick Texas, like, they're probably pretty low, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, for to think that they're going to go 9-4, and four, who do they play in the? So they must have them losing to LSU then. Yeah. Man, the SEC bias. Athlon, man. Shame. Uh, I wouldn't be too mad about going to the Camping World Bowl, though. No, that'd be fun. That just feels so much less, like, so much lower profile than the... Alamo Bowl. Yeah. Yeah, the Alamo Bowl has been around a long time, and I think just because the Camping World Bowl is, like, a relatively new sponsored bowl. Right. And then you go and play Virginia. 
I just I don't know. Yeah, that's that's very unsexy. I think Virginia. I don't know what Virginia is in the preseason top twenty-five. I'm gonna go out on a limb and say it's not very high. Uh, oh, they're twenty-fifth actually. So right, twenty-four right. versus twenty-five. Gotcha. Uh, for what it's worth, all of like I listed off all of those rankings, and I obviously having number one defensive line, number one linebackers, they're not in the top ten in the country. But I would imagine huh. that they've got to be right on the edge. So that, again, that kind of just goes to show the national perception of the Big 12's defensive strength. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, I would think that they've got it. I, that's why I'm interested to see Phil Steele come out because he expands his more than what yeah. um, than what Athlon does. Gotcha. Uh, but this brings me to an interesting – or something that I saw on Twitter, an argument I was seeing people get into on Twitter yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone put a, out a poll. Some random person put out a poll. And some people got real upset when Iowa State's front seven was winning the poll oh. against Iowa's front seven. Oh, really? And then I looked at these numbers and I was like, hmm, maybe not quite as uh, as ridiculous as what some some folks in parts of the state might think. Yeah. Well, again, you, I think the argument is if you put straight up defensive line, I mean, Iowa's defensive line is still pretty dang good. They've got Epinesa and... Uh, Obviously, do they return one of the Nelson kids? I know Anthony Nelson's gone, but is Matt Nelson still around, or is he graduate? I don't know. I'll be honest; I have no idea. But I mean, their defensive line's going to be pretty good again. But at the same what time, was their defensive line ranked in the Big Ten? Their linebackers are taking a step back. Yeah, I mean, they're ninth in the. Like I said, they're ninth in the Big Ten. But in their defense, ninth in the Big Ten, Michigan is tenth, and they're fourth in the Big Ten. So, hmm. like ninth in the Big Ten is not that yeah. big of a deal. Uh, but they, yeah, they have Iowa's defensive line at fifth. In the Big Ten, and yep. there's three three Big Ten to ten teams in the top fifteen or in top ten. So, like they're probably still a top fifteen to, does, to twenty to defensive line. Um, does Athlon show the depth chart for the linebackers for Iowa? I can't even remember who they have at linebacker yeah, nowadays. They, they will. This is what I love about this. I just need to have this here all because the time now. Unless I just want to hear them real fast. Um, Nick Neiman, uh, Christian Welch. And Dijon Colbert. See, I think I'd take all three of Iowa State's linebackers before I'd take any of those guys. Didn't Amani Jones start some games last year? Is that I, right? I don't know. I don't remember. I don't follow them that closely. But, no, I would not. I mean, they returned four starters on defense. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess. And then Epinesa. He was technically not a starter, <laughs> but he was a starter. Yeah. He played, like, starter minutes, yep. you know. They only return, according to this, they return nine starters, ten, if you include the punter. Hmm. Man, so I don't. I don't know. They're gonna. They're gonna. Everyone kind of assumes that they're gonna be good again, but I don't know. Are they? I don't. I mean, I don't know. Like, yeah, I would. I would think they'll be solid. It helps that you you bring back a good offensive line. You bring a, back a good solid quarterback. That'll go a long way. But at the same time, they might take a step back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This isn't quite right because I I I do believe that Will McDonald started linebacker for Iowa State. Oh, okay. And they've got Braxton Lewis at the star, which if he was playing the star, he would be their – I think he'd be their attorney starter. And they don't have Lawrence White. At, yeah, so there's some, some things that a you still things. can look at and be like, oh, okay, that's not quite uh, not quite right. But So that's Athlon. Uh, Street and Smith, I'll just tell you, they haven't picked third in the Big 12 too. Uh, same four guys on the first team, uh, Lima, B- Bailey, Spears, and Eisworth uh, with the trip to the Alma Bowl. Return to the honorable. Gotcha. So they're they're higher on the Big Twelve as far as getting in the playoff. I'm assuming they, they think Oklahoma's going back to the playoff. Yeah, they do. Uh yeah, they have Oklahoma as the four in the college football playoff. See, and I, I, I really think that Jalen Hurts is not gonna be as good of a quarterback for them as Baker Mayfield or Kyler Murray. I definitely agree with that. Uh but then they have Texas getting the obviously getting a sugar at bowl. large into the sugar bowl. Yep. And then Iowa State playing Washington in the Alamo Bowl. Dang Washington teams, man. Yeah. That'd be a fun matchup, though. Yeah, that'd be a good game. Mm-hmm. Two good defenses. Yep. I don't know who Washington has offensively anymore. Would you say uh, – They, interesting were, they to were 12th see, in that preseason poll for like what it's the, worth. The Alamo Bowl was really fun. But do you see their – like, if, if they go straight back there, do you think there's a little bit of fatigue from the fan base? No. I don't think so. You think it turns into a let's invade the Alamo again? Yeah. I think that that game is high profile enough that people would be cool with going back. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was really fun. I would do it again. Like if it was the Liberty Bowl, going back to back years to the Liberty Bowl, I think there would have been some fatigue at yeah. that point. 
where it's just like, man, we're kind of just in like a third tier bowl game here. But I don't know. At the same time, I think Iowa State fans will go about anywhere. If they have an excuse to go somewhere and just get really drunk for a couple of days. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And there, I don't know of a better excuse to go somewhere and get really drunk than the Riverwalk. Indeed, yeah. As far as location, the Alamo Bowl cannot be beat most, sure, for, for most of the time. I'm sure San, San Antonio would be absolutely stoked if Iowa <laughs> State came back. Yeah, exactly. The Alamo Bowl seemed like the Alamo Bowl itself and their Twitter account seemed to really love that Iowa State, you know, hyped it up a Wouldn't lot. Wouldn't you? What was their economic impact on the city? It was crazy. I can't remember the number, but it was big. Yeah, it was crazy. Orlando would be cool, though, too. I think that'd just be a really expensive place to go. It especially would. Especially at Christmas time. Orlando would be the kind of thing where it'd be fun to do one time, but if, if Iowa State went there back-to-back years, there'd be I think there'd be big fatigue for that one. Yeah. Yeah, if Nebraska, like, my mom and dad would go to some of those bowl games, and they went to, I don't know if they went to Orlando. They might have. Uh, but they went to, like, Jacksonville one year, and it was like they went to one of those games down there, like, three years in a row right. and everybody was just like man can we just go somewhere besides florida please <laughs> which is crazy because it's like how mad can you be about going to florida yeah in the middle of december in exactly if you live in nebraska or iowa you, it's got to be at least 70 degrees down there if not warmer right and it's going to be like zero degrees back home exactly all right we got mailbag questions we i do. think that's all we've got we have a couple uh loyal fokker asks for stands and fits specifically and okay. this is in my mailbag uh thread Top five mixed drinks to order from Welch Avenue Station. Uh, I can only really name one. <laughs> uh, that's the pissed off mineral farmer. Oh, really? Yeah. See, and I'm, I'm not a big mixed drink guy. Like, I'll, I'll just go and get beer. But yeah, I mean, if I go to Welch, like, I don't, I don't stray like too in, often into the weird drinks. I get, I'll get a mineral farmer when I would go there on my birthday back when I was in college because yeah. they're like eleven dollars. Oh, really? And then you get one for free on your birthday. So it's just, hey, now I get a special treat. So it's Welch, farmer. Like, I've only been to Welch Avenue, like, once or twice. Oh, do they have, that's do, problematic. Do they have their own mixed drinks, like, names for them? Or is it just, like, typical alcohol? Yeah, they have a bunch of, like, that's what a middle, like, a middle farmer is, a, specifically a okay. Welch Ave drink, I think. Yeah, I, I can't answer that question, honestly. I was hoping you to help me out a little bit, but. No, I mean, I, I'm sorry, loyal fucker. <laughs> uh, but I've only ever had a middle farmer from there yeah. that I can think of off the top of my head other than that i just get i just get beer well there we go or something so uh you're speaking on our behalf and the, the minnow farmer is the official mixed drink of stands and fits at least from Welch i've stayed <laughs> yeah okay uh disky disc asks what is the best taco you have ever had uh i don't know what's the best taco you've ever had um it's pretty cliche because usually like if i'm going to a nice restaurant i don't order tacos no i get other stuff so I feel like there are a bunch of tacos that I could have ordered that would probably be better than what I'm about to say. But as far as like convenience and quality, Tasty Tacos is up there for me. Just because it's 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 a tier above the Taco Bells and Taco Johns and all those, but it's not like full on you have to pay $15 for a plate of food. I'm just really not a huge especially like fast food tacos guy. Yeah. It's, it really it does not sit well with me. If you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I I enjoy it just like runs right through me. Just gotta, like, I eat See, my taco and it, then immediately I'm like, oh boy, where's the bathroom? You know, the, the bells and the johns, they don't, they don't screw me up like they do some people. Like I know if some people, some people will eat Taco Bell and they won't be right in the gut for like a week. Yeah. I'm not like that. Like I can handle it. But at the same time, I'm not, I'm not going to claim that Taco Bell is like the world's best cuisine. I like the chicken tacos from Estas mm -hmm. in Ames. That's, those are good. I I think I've had the beef tacos there. I've never had the chicken ones. I when I like when I go to a like if I go to Fuzzy's or uh, there's a place I like to go downtown. I'm not gonna say it because I don't want. Would you get made fun of? No, I'm not gonna get made fun of. I just don't want to give the name out because I want I like it to be my spot. Oh. Uh, very very uh, protective. Well, yeah, no, I just I I don't want to put the name out there and then have all <laughs> people be like, oh man, I'm gonna go see if Jared's at such and such. <laughs> oh. Uh, Man, not that, you not, big celeb. Well, you. no, not that that would happen, but I'm just I'm thinking like I don't want to put this name out there, and then have it not be quiet the next time I try and go in there. Uh, you know, so it's a, it's a get off my lawn type thing. Right? Yeah, exactly. Because uh, I try and go in there and like beat the rush of when people are getting are way too drunk and they are in line at the bar mm -hmm. or in line at the restaurant after the bar's closed. Um, but I just get like nachos. Like if I go to Fuzzies, I get beef, ground beef nachos with just cheese on them. Yeah, that's my go-to. Nachos are a solid. Like if I if I go to a Mexican place, I will sometimes order nachos straight up off the app menu and just eat those. Yeah, 
So, cool. all right. Uh, yeah, that's all you got? Yep, that's all the mailbag questions for today. All right, for sure. We'll be right back after a quick break, do some hot and not and pick four on Stands and Fits, presented by the professional MBA program at the Ivy College of Business at Iowa State on the Cycling Fanatic Podcast Network. Hey, guys, it's Chris interrupting this podcast because, you know, everybody wants to know that I get it asked all the time. How can we help Cyclone Fanatic? Well, you help Cyclone Fanatic by you support our advertisers, and everybody needs to be aware of eye care. I wasn't for a long time, and I went to Ames Eye Care, and they really helped me out. It's changed my life. I don't have headaches the way that I did. You've heard me talk about this. They're also in Des Moines at Des Moines Eye Care, and you need to think about this with your family. Get the kids checked out. Encourage the wife. Anything. Personalized eye care. Designer eyewear. I've got these sweet Maui gym glasses that I use at work all the time. People think they look awesome. They meet your whole family's vision needs at Ames and Des Moines Eye Care. Check them out today and support Cyclone Fanatic. Time for Hot Knot. I just told Fitzy more about my... Man, I, I know so much that these people listening don't know. I feel so privileged. It probably wouldn't be that hard to figure out, but... No. It's... it's not, I, just, I gave you more of my reasoning. I explained it more. I'll respect your decision to withhold information. Yeah. Um, hot nut. Um, you want to go first, or you, you, want you go first this week? Actually, no, no, no. I'll go first. Okay. Because our, our your hot and my not kind of match up. Um, so my hot this week is awkward Uber rides, and I put this in my hot because it was kind of funny to me. Okay. So I was in Vegas over the weekend because I go there every year for the last three years to sell videos for my real job. Did you place any wagers? I did. Did you win any wagers? At first. At first. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you win on? Uh, at first I won slots actually. Uh, uh, I, okay. I started, I started with roulette and that started going badly, but then I went to slots and I actually won fairly big on slots and then it kind of did not, did not go well from there. When I was there, I got really self-conscious to play cards or roulette or anything like that while yeah. or craps, like while I was there, the nice thing there, is, cause I just don't know what I'm doing well enough. I don't want to mess up everybody <laughs> else's thing. The casino I'm at, uh, it has a roulette station where like it's an it's an actual ball and stuff so uh -huh. you feel like, i feel like i'm not getting rigged by like a computer so it'll actually roll the ball around but you can bet like on computer screen oh okay so i like that part of it um but anyways awkward uber ride so i'm down there for work and this year both of my direct bosses that i report to are down there as well so i get in there thursday night we kind of walk around the strip because one of my bosses has never been down on the strip super late we get done it's probably like 2 a.m. our time, so 12 midnight there. We call an Uber. Guy rolls up in a small BMW. We all pile in. Um, <laughs> my boss kind of makes a comment about, wow, these guys are really trying to push these cards. Because if you, like, you've ever been to Vegas, you know mm -hmm. that there's a bunch of people pushing, like, deals for strip clubs. Right. And, like, they hand out, they're trying to hand out cards to get you to, like, keep those and remember the deals. So, anyway, he kind of just makes a comment about that to the driver. And the driver just goes into this huge spiel like full on talking about what you need to do in order to get <laughs> stuff from strippers. Okay. And this is just, it's, just, he goes, goes the full nine yards, like overboard. It's like my bosses are pretty conservative people, I would say. Uh -huh. And he's just in there talking like, Oh yeah, man, if you want a girl to such and such and such, then you just got to throw down a hundred. She'll give you a, nah, 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 nah. Yeah, yeah. so I'm not going to go any further than that, but it was like, it was it was both hilarious and terrifying at the same time. We should have just had you say it, and then I would have beeped it out for you. <laughs> I'm not gonna say it because I, I even I feel awkward saying it. But it was just funny to me because I was sitting in the back and next to one of my bosses, and the other one was in the front. And this guy was just talking like he had been talking to my bosses for 20 years, and it's just that kind of conversation. With the stripper or not the stripper? <laughs> there was no stripper in the car. Yeah, no. With the Uber driver? Yeah, with the Uber driver, and the Uber driver was just like. He, I think he, there was a little bit of a, a cultural difference too. Like, uh -huh. you know, he's, he's of different descent, I think. So he didn't really get that. We weren't wanting that kind of tips. Yeah. Um, but he was giving us every tip we would ever want if we were to go to one of those strip clubs, which we were not going to one of the strip That's clubs. That's like one of the weirdest things to me too, because they drive around in the vans where you can hop in and they'll yeah. take you. And it's like, and they say, what do they say? Like $40 cover and then you drink for free. And yeah, it's like, <laughs> it's like, eh, it's not, it's just a way to, way to get you to, to come, I guess. Right. It's I, it is interesting to like the, it's like you can drink for free on the strip. Why would I go to the strip club? <laughs> exactly. All, all the different ploys, they get you to actually try to come to the strip club, you know? Yeah. Uh, when we were there, we rode in an Uber and we wanted to see the place where Tupac got shot. 
Oh, yeah. And we asked our Uber driver, and I, I'm pretty confident he is not from the United States of America. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we said, uh, like, hey, do you know where Tupac got shot? He said, who? Oh, really? We're like, Tupac. He said, I don't know who that is. We're like, oh. <laughs> okay, so, so I'm going to guess you don't know where he got shot then. Nope. You can't take us there. Probably not. Uh, so that we can, you know, pay homage to him. So the, Okay, so the question, I, I don't know. I mean, I know who Tupac is, obviously, but like, I don't know where he got shot. Do you know now where he got shot? Like, how far away is it from the strip? Or is it on the It's strip? like right there, not very far away, I don't think. Is it? I would have to... Uh, yeah, I'd have to look it up. I mean, huh. we should have just looked it up and asked him to take us there. It, it wasn't was... like like in the in the back alleys or anything, was it? No, because he was in a car. They were okay. driving to a party at a at like a club. Oh, and hmm. somebody pulled up and shot him. Gotcha. Uh, Shug Knight hired somebody to pull up and shoot him. Mm. That's, that's what I think. But uh, it's a whole other yeah. <laughs> it's a whole other thing. Yep. Uh, what was that? What else was I going to say? Oh, I had an interesting Uber ride on Friday night. I was uh, coming home. And I get in the car, and it, almost always if I get in an Uber, the Uber driver says, how tall are you? Always. Yeah. So I tell him, and, I, and he's like, where are you from? And I said, uh, told him I was from Southwest Iowa. And I could tell that he was not from Southwest Iowa. And I said, where are you from? And he's like, oh, I'm from Mexico. I was like, oh, okay, cool. Uh, and then there's just like kind of a lull, like where we didn't really say anything. He was playing these tunes that were in Spanish. Yeah. So I'm just like in my own little zone, just kind of looking around. And he's like, uh, he's like, you play, you play basketball? Uh, Yeah, I used to. He's like, are you going to play for America in the Olympics? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. I was like, no. No, You're not quite that good. No, probably not. Maybe if you really try hard to train for the next year, maybe you'll get to that point. I am going to go out on the limb and say no. (laughs) Uh, But he, he was, it was very reckless Right, he got pulled over like while we were like a couple blocks away from my apartment. I just got out and walked. Seriously? Yeah, I was like, all right, man. Wow. So I'm gonna wait for this guy to get up here and tell him what's going on, and then I'm walking. So I'm not. So I'm not sitting here with you while we do this. So was he just swerving then? No, he was what? going uh, too fi- fast. 55 in a in a zone that is not 55. Oh, is that was that like near that church that's near your apartment? Yeah. Because I know there's a cop that always sits over there. Yeah. yeah. So. Huh. Yeah. Should have warned him, man. Uh, heads well, up. No, I was going to, and then I could already see what was about to happen. So ah. I was like, oh, it's too late now. Couldn't stop the inevitable. No, it's all good, though. I assume that he I assume he was safe. I don't know. I hopefully, didn't really. Hopefully he wasn't illegal and he's not getting deported right now. Yeah, that's a. I. That's kind of why I was like, all right, man, I think I'm just going to walk the rest of the way home. Yeah, <laughs> I'm no close kidding. enough now that I can just huff it on the, on the way over there. Uh, my hot this week is uh, the end of Game of Thrones. <laughs> So, so why is it you're hot this week, Jared? So you is widely known that I am anti Game of Thrones, in in my own mind. I like if you want to watch Game of Thrones, that's perfectly fine. Like, but I don't care. I don't mm. care at all. Uh, to see the complete meltdown that people were going on, the roller coaster of meltdown that people were going on during that finale, I was sitting there just like, man, I am so glad that I am not a part of this in any way. Yeah. And it was so funny. I had my one buddy that he was super deep into it, and he was so mad about the way the entire final season played out mm-hmm. and just how he he was just going off the entire time about how big of a joke it was, the way that they ended the show. Yeah. And, you know, it's kind of hard to get you to verify since you haven't really seen it. but it, I know more or less what happened. I mean, I, yeah, I can keep up I with mean, the idea. They, they, they should have dedicated more episodes slash seasons, I think. They could have gone at least like two or three more episodes and given everything a little bit more context. And the fact that the everyone likes to say that like when the books end, that's when the writing started going downhill. And I don't, I don't disagree, but I feel like you know there were some obvious things that they could have done a little bit better that they didn't do. See, and here's my thing with this. Like you talk about the books. Mm-hmm. And that's why I, I'm sure that some of the fault like lands on the shoulder of those guys that wrote it. I don't remember what their names are, but I know that they're pretty much the guys who wrote yep. most of the final season and maybe, and even the season before that, wasn't it? I think it was basically from the beginning. Yeah. Well, David. they wrote the whole thing, but then after like they, once they ran out of the adaption, like then they're coming up with it basically oh, yeah, yeah. on their own. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it would be so hard to have that book kind of as your roadmap or like the books as your roadmap of what you're supposed to do. And like, there's very clear, like what the plot lines are mapped out. Yeah. And then all of a sudden that's gone and you're like, damn. Yeah. 
now we got to make this thing. Well, and, and they're not the ones that write the books. Like if you write the book, you've got all that stuff mapped out perfectly in your head. Well, and the thing is, I, I know that they've talked to George R.R. R. Martin, yeah. who, who wrote the books. And I th- I'm pretty sure he gave them like a general roadmap of where the, everything's going to go. So they had they had the outline, but he didn't really. I'm sure he doesn't have the details nailed down. Otherwise, he would have published the books by now. Well, yeah, and it's the thing for him too is that uh, you can put so much more detail into a book. Absolutely. And that's why I mean I don't know all the details of like why they did the certain number of episodes they did. Probably because it's so expensive to make it that HBO is like, yeah, dude, like we're only gonna do this for however many more weeks. Like, yeah. This is ridiculous. Well, I think a lot of the actors and, and the producers kind of just wanted to move on at this point too. They've been doing it for ten years now. So right. And that, but that's why I can't fault those guys because when you're doing something that extensive and something that th- is that like grain of a scale expansive, just yeah. like that it's so big and the number of plot lines that are involved. And I know that people were mad that they left so many questions and holes and stuff. Like they just never answered so many things. And it's like, man, like they did, they only had so much time, Yeah, you know, you in a book, you've got endless amounts of time. That's why it takes them seven years to write the book or whatever it's been at yeah. this point. And as a, as someone who did watch the final season, and obviously I've watched the rest as well, but I, I kind of felt like I was in the middle of the spectrum. Like a, a lot of people um, did like it, and a lot of, I would say more people were disappointed. I was kind of meh feeling at the end of it. Like I thought the I thought the finale, especially I thought the finale um, wasn't disappointing necessarily. It just felt like okay, everything's wrapped up now, but at the same time, like, I wasn't, I wasn't that necessarily like, wow, that was great. Right. See, and that's what I think a lot of people had that thing where it's just, it all felt really rushed. It's like, we're not even going to go back and answer anything. It's just yeah. like, we're trying to figure out a way to like end it. The season while it was playing out felt rushed. And then once it was done, it was just like, well, oh, we're done now. Well, like, and then by then it'd been what, six weeks. So yeah. it's like, what more do you expect? Obviously it was going to be rushed. It's no different than any of the other yeah. And and that's where you see the people that created the petition to like redo the whole thing. It's like, well, for one, they they ain't putting the money in that. They no. cost like fifty million dollars to make one of those episodes or something crazy. Yeah. And uh what what are they gonna do different? What what are they gonna do in a remake of the of the last season that is really gonna make it that drastically better? I mean I mean, I think the thing that those people who made the petition would say is that there there needs to be a lot more added dialogue or you know depth added to characters that wasn't there because they had to cut down on time i would imagine that they will not ever do anything like that again no i mean that is that was such an undertaking in the amount of money that it cost and as much as it they had to do for cgi and all that kind of stuff yeah i would imagine they'll be more likely to throw money at shows like barry where you can get guys like bill Hader and henry winkler and uh, like other big names well and, and you have big names and then like but it's much way easier to make the actual show than it is to like do all the other stuff yeah and i agree to an extent but they do have game of thrones spinoffs that's planned. what yeah and that's that's where i'm interested to see how they kind but didn't that was before hbo got bought by at&t wasn't it uh i can't verify either way but I do know that the whatever spinoff they're doing it has nothing to do with any of the timeline that we just got done watching okay yeah, for some reason, I thought I saw that they were just not doing near as much stuff like that because it, AT&T was kind of like, all right, y'all got to rein it in a little bit. Oh, really? You know, and I don't, I mean, that's just what I thought I had read. They were going to be a little more frugal with what they were doing. But I mean, think back, like I was thinking about this the other day. You look at HBO right now in the list of shows that they've got, they've got so many more shows than they did even five years ago. Yeah. And I mean, five years ago, they had Game of Thrones, you had True Detective, and you've had some shows that were really expensive to make, but there was only a handful of them, you know? And it's way easier to make all those shows when there's only a couple, but now they're pushing so much to do more and more of their own original content that then you're... Got to keep up with Netflix. Right, you got to keep up, you have to have more and more stuff because people are just going to stop paying for your app if you don't have new things for them to watch. Yeah. And that's where I'm like, man, I feel like they're in between a rock and a hard place because if you want to do huge undertakings like that, you probably got to really dedicate yourself to doing those huge undertakings. But if you want to do a bunch of other stuff, you can't afford to do things like that. Like Mm -hmm. Netflix doesn't do stuff like that. Yeah. You know, but that's also why they have so many different things that come out every week. Yeah. 
Well, while we're kind of talking about it, my, my not's just a real quick, easy one. <laughs> I for, you know, I, after Game of Thrones ends, I got to cancel my HBO subscription, right? Yeah. Well, I forgot about that, and it just renewed. I got the notification this morning. Well, so. now you might as well watch some stuff. Well, and the thing is, the last two weeks, uh, my wife and I have watched Chernobyl, which, okay, is, yeah. which is that miniseries that they're doing. And I can't remember how long that's supposed to go, but if it goes for another month, then that makes sense that I would just cancel, go go one more month in my renewal, and then, then I, cancel. So I watched the first episode of that one, and it was so messed up. It is. Just like how... I don't know. It was really messing me up. I was like, I can't watch this anymore right now. It's, I got to I gotta wait on this. It's interesting. Had you heard of uh, the disaster before you watched it? Well, yeah, and I knew, like, the basics of it, but just, it, like, how ignorant some of those people were about things in oh, that first yeah. episode. I was just like, dude, these people are being so stupid. Like, clearly you can see that things are very going very, very yeah. badly right now. And the unfortunate part is, like, for, for something like that that's never happened in the history of the world, like, you don't know how to handle it. Yeah. But now, like, the good news is that there's a lot of good that came out of that disaster just because everyone's going to be way more like hyper aware, hyper aware of everything nuclear related. Right. You've got time to watch true detective now. I do. Yeah. I'd have to do a lot of binging though. And I'm, I'm I mean, it's only eight episodes. I think oh. season one's like eight episodes and season two, uh, three is eight, eight episodes. Are they, are just they, skip season two. Are season they, two sucks. Are they hour long episodes? Yeah. Okay. I you could definitely that. get through it. If you watch one or two episodes a night, it would take you less than a week. Well, I mean, if my if my evenings were open, but because I'm a, I'm in knee deep in housework right now, so, but we'll see. I Memorial Day weekend's coming up, so I will probably have at least a little more time. I am very hopeful that you will <laughs> listen to me and, and watch this show. Do you, do you Especially give me, if you're only gonna have HBO for one more month. Is it coming with your your top recommendation? Like you like you you would swear over your grave that this is gonna be worth my time. Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay, absolutely. This, right. That's one of my. Season one of True Detective is the best season of television I've ever watched. Like really? edge of your seat type thing. Yeah. All Absolutely right. phenomenal from beginning to end. Acting, okay. everything. Writing. Well, I will suggest it to the wife then. Westworld is really good too. You, yeah. I think you'd maybe like that one. That, was, that one might, I don't know if your wife would like that. That's like a. <laughs> That's what I've heard. I've heard there's lots of uh, things to look at. Well, yeah, maybe a little bit, but nothing. It's all just. Like, it's pretty in, in with the story. Okay. You know, it makes sense, like, for it to be that way. Yeah. And you, you kind of told me this. It's kind of like the, the whole uh, simulation theory kind of stuff. Right. It's really intense. Yeah. It's one of those ones that I watch. I have to watch it live, and then I can't binge it because I watch one episode, and then I have to sit and think about the episode for, yeah like, two hours so it's or a, it's a, seven days before a, the next one. a thinker, huh? Yeah. All right. Definitely. All right. What's uh what's my not? Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> um. So... <laughs> My not this week, rough week for, uh, okay, actually rough month. I guess this, like, this came out in April, but I just found this today. Rough month for the poop in the streets <laughs> in the city of San Francisco. Uh, San Francisco has deployed a poop patrol to clean up the growing amount of feces on its sidewalks thanks to the homeless, homelessness epidemic. Jeepers, man. Number two has become, this is, oh my gosh, this is, this is a phenomenal lead. <laughs> this is outstanding. Uh, number two is becoming San Francisco's number one problem. <laughs> Whoever wrote that should get a raise. The city has been experiencing a growing problem of public pooping on its streets by the homeless population, and it's now becoming a major public health concern. Man, have you ever been to San Francisco? <laughs> no. I haven't either. I'm a little bit worried. I, I don't think I ever want to go now. Based on data from the San Francisco Department of Public Works, the organization recently came out with an interactive map that shows every public defecation report that has come into the city's 311 hotline since 2011 and how the incidents are distributed across the city's neighborhoods. Wait, wait, wait. Look at this. Come look at this. Wait, is this an actual, like, can I look at the the map? Holy crap. Look at how much poop there is. Dude, and it's it's all in brown on this map. Okay, so here's my question. Can we, can we cross-reference where the full house house is and, like, see how much poop is near the full house house? Like, what's the address of the full house house? Yeah, I'm looking. Okay. Uh, it's in the lower... It's in the lower Pacific Heights. Lower Pacific Heights. Apparently. Here, okay. I'm, I'm pulling... I'm, like, going back out on the... All right. On the island a little bit here. I'm really curious. Like, are the, are the homeless hanging out near the full house house and pooping? I right feel like front? this is a really important question that needs to be answered. Yeah. Really. I mean, because if I was going to go to San Francisco, I'd want to, I'd want to go buy that house. So. All right. Well, uh, Chrome just froze, so oh. Oh. we well. might not be able to... And after the podcast uh, venture, we'll have to go on. Oh, wait. Here, I got it. Uh... Oh, man, yeah, this is like, 
Oh, yeah, dude. It's it's right in the heart of it. It's right in the heart of the poop epidemic. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, that's, that's, that's just crappy. <laughs> what a... What an American tragedy. I mean, homelessness obviously is awful, but yeah, the like this really, this really has me upset. It is, I'm glad that the poop patrol is on the case. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> I mean, yeah, because like that—that that is the emotion you should be feeling. Is that you should feel feel bad that so many homeless people are having to resort to poop in the streets? Right. <laughs> But I, I blame the writer for using the, the number two as becoming number one. <laughs> like, they've made such a really awful thing into, like, way more ridiculous than what it is. But it, yeah. it is it is kind of a hilarious story like, when you think about it. Like, yeah. That's really, that's really something else. Yeah. Now, I, I would assume that the um, reason that so much of it's kind of piling up is because their rent's so high. Like, they can't get anywhere to actually... Like, you know, like a low-rent area, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Move to Oakland. I don't think Oakland's near as nice as what San Francisco is. I guess I don't know. Yeah. I Yeah, I don't. I, I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I can <laughs> understand the reason that homelessness is so high in the city of San Francisco. All right. Well, let's move on. Yeah, from let's your, move on to pick four. Move on from your crappy story. Yeah. <laughs> Stop. Uh, uh, yeah, okay. Um, we did uh, top four or pick four TV finales. Yep. Where's Game of Thrones on your list? Uh, it's not on my list. That's fair. Uh, Although what, what did I, we do last week? Uh, movie villains. Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, all right, so you want to go first or you want me to go first? I'll go first because I feel like my, my list probably is a little bit weaker than yours. So I, I could have put Game of Thrones on mine just because I have not actually seen a whole lot of series from start to finish. Mm-hmm. And there, there are a few that I'm watching right now, but they're still, like, going. So I can't really say that there. I've seen any finales from like Mr. Robot or you know just other stuff that's still going. So number my number four, I put Mash, and I, I put that with an asterisk because I I'm not sure if I've actually seen the finale, but I, I know that it's like one of the highest rated. I've known it's one of the high, exactly, and I, I grew up because like my my parents always had Mash on, and I kind of just enjoyed watching it. It it kind of is a nostalgia thing for me, and I feel like. Eventually, I'm gonna have to go back and I'm gonna have to start mash at the very beginning. Is that is it on Netflix? Um, I don't think so. It might have used to be, but I know it's I know it's got so many seasons and so many episodes. But it would be kind of an undertaking to start from the beginning and do that. Yeah. Um, and I definitely need to see the finale at some point. Number three for me, Lost. Um, I saw Lost uh, many years after it aired live. Um, so I feel like I kind of went in with low expectations just because I had seen a lot of people were kind of outraged at how it ended. And I get that because the last couple seasons were pretty messy. But as far as the finale itself, um, I, again, rock bottom expectations. I thought it wasn't that bad. And I kind of, I kind of enjoyed how they wrapped it up personally. Yeah, really. I watched the, I watched Lost like on first run mm-hmm. and then I've watched it again since. For as, as much as they did to really kind of screw everything up in, what, what, how many seasons was it? Six, I think. Uh, six or seven. Yeah. Yeah, like as much as they did every like did to screw things up, like in four and five, I want to say it was six. Like in seasons four and five, like they got really out there for a while. Yep. You know, and they did as good of a job I think as they possibly could have to kind of bring it back to and tie it all together to where it made sense at the end. Yep. And I I thought the way like the final couple uh, camera shots too were kind of cinematically beautiful in a way. Oh, the final shot of Lost is absolutely outstanding. Yeah. To for it to end the way that it did, almost yep. perfect with the way that it started. So while while the 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 back end of Lost the series may not have been near as strong as the beginning, I feel like the finale was even you could say underrated a little bit. Yeah. It had that. It had some of those elements of Game of Thrones, like where they, from what I understand, where they just left so many things unanswered, where yeah. you, you like had no clue how any of it, why any and of they, it like happened the way that it did. And I would say they they kind of spread their wings so far that it was hard to rein it all back well, in. Well, that's what end. I'm saying. Like they let some things get way too weird. Yeah. You know, where it's like it's like they ran out of ideas, but in reality they should have done more time like fleshing out some of the things that they'd already yeah. laid out. They dug too far too too shallow and they should have focused on going too narrow and too yeah, deep yeah 
So no, anyhow. but the, I thought the finale was really good. I didn't have it on my top four, but yep. Um, moving on up, number two for me, Parks and Rec. Uh, it was just kind of good because they flash forward to how everything is going in the future at, at the very end. Um, I appreciated how um, Leslie made Ron the supervisor of the Pawnee National mm -hmm. Park. Um, eventually, obviously, um, she became president and whatnot. Um, Jerry became mayor and was there mayor for like what I don't know 50 years or something like that. Yeah, so it, it was just it was just kind of a, a good feel good finale. Yeah, that one was that one was really good. The, mm -hmm. This one and the one that you're about to say they it's had the same showrunner and they did about as good a job as they possibly could have with both of them. Yeah, so we'll just go right on. Uh, my number one was The Office and the the one part that always sticks back with everyone is that when they bring Michael Scott back for to be Dwight's. Dwight's best man dude if you don't if you don't include, if you don't if you don't even like you maybe you don't cry but you can like feel yeah. your face getting warm yeah when Jim tells him he can't be his bestest Minch and then it's like Michael's right there behind him oh my gosh yeah that was that was a, oh. a heartwarming uh yeah top top finale moment for sure well and you can almost even say like if you want to be ass and be like no the series like really ended when michael left they did that about as perfectly as they could have too yeah you know that was so good and that's that's just what stunk about that show is it's like they probably should have tried to just end it when corral left yep instead of i think they took it another two seasons two I seasons yeah uh but no they that was perfect yep that one was awesome because i didn't even i don't think i've ever even seen those two seasons after he oh, really? I mean, I've seen maybe parts of them. You know, they, they're not they're not bad, but you can tell something's missing a little bit. And they kind of, I don't again, if you haven't seen it, but they, they, I think in watching them, they try to turn Andy Bernard into more of a Michael Scott character. Yeah. And it, it just seems like their writing was a little bit off. Right. Well, it was just, I mean, it was probably so, uh, he, he carried that show for yeah. so long, yeah. you know? And once all of a sudden you don't have that guy to lean on, how good he was, yeah. how, I can imagine how hard that is. Uh but that, and then when Creed sings at the end. Yeah. I also love when Michael Scott talks about the, all of his kids growing up and getting married. <laughs> yeah. It's so good. It's just, especially for them to have only had him for like, I mean, they probably could have had him for a day of shooting or something. Yeah. And just to have done it perfect. That was mm -hmm. awesome. Yeah. Absolutely phenomenal. Um, all right. So my, here's my list. I've got to start. Number nine million is How I Met Your Mother because I saw you type it out and put it number one, and I was like, "What? What in the world is this man doing?" It was a troll, yeah. And I put J.K. right after it, obviously, because it was, I don't know that, it it was like you know, I you could do like I can look at it both ways where you can say like, okay, that's fine, I, but they re that's another show where they really, they they really drug that out way too long. I don't hate that they eventually had him go back to Robin. But the way they did it just didn't work very well. Yeah. Well, and it, and it was really just, it was weird. And it kind of makes sense because it's like, that's how your dad like tells a story, mm -hmm. you know, where he just like rambles on about things kind of like, or my dad maybe does, he doesn't do that. He tells like very direct stories, but I can yeah. see where there's like some dads that like, they sit you down to tell you a story or whatever. And like, they ramble off in all these random directions that it takes forever for them to tell the story. Yep. And then the end, it's like, it would have been really simple for you to just ask this right from the very beginning exactly you know uh so like that was good and if you really want to like go deep in it and think about that's how it is but at the same time as a viewing experience you're just like man okay like yeah. we had this one character that was really cool for like 3d like three episodes <laughs> that kind of sucks yeah exactly and they they yeah i really did like the, the actual you know mother yeah she was awesome yeah i would have liked to see her in the show a lot longer than what she was agreed uh, my number four is Mad Men. Uh, that's another, like that show really like, I think it went uh, like maybe a season longer than probably what it should have. Uh, but, and I don't even remember that much of the finale, but I just remember when it was over, you've really felt at peace with everything mm -hmm. where you're like, okay, it's over. I feel like I got everything that I could out of this show and it did. It satisfied me, mm -hmm. you know, in the end, I don't, not sitting here thinking like, man, like, what happened with this? What happened with this? It's like, no, I feel like I feel pretty good about how this show ended. It's always much more satisfying when there's fewer loose ends. <laughs> For obviously. sure. Uh, my number three uh, was Friends. If you can watch the final, like, scene of Friends, and not, have you watched Friends before? I've seen, I've seen basically every Friends episode, but I can't, for whatever reason, I can't remember the finale. When they all give up their keys and, like, put them on the 
counter and then it's okay. just like pans around the apartment that oh just, yeah that's still, it's kind of it's kind of silent yeah it yeah. tears me up dude it just really tears me up there's complete silence in that apartment and you're like man so many memories made in that apartment i know it's really that one really hurts uh number two is friday night lights another one where they just like tied everything up perfectly have you watched that show nope man <laughs> You need to watch I'm that one. You, I, have, I have not actually seen that many shows from start to finish. No, that one is, it was so much better after they got it off NBC, which is kind of crazy to think about. But like once they had Michael B. Jordan as one of the main characters and you still had some of the same people from before, but it was just like uh, the guy who played Coach Taylor, I can't remember his name off the top of my head. Um, but they just like figured out a way to t- perfectly tie it all together and then like show what everybody went and did into the future. And then it's just kind of, over and you're like okay i feel good about everybody how how everybody is going into the into the future uh and then number one is breaking bad i know you haven't seen breaking bad but (laughs) funny thing i can't remember if i mentioned this or not when breaking bad was still going i you know like it had built up a whole lot of hype and it was kind of like i think it was kind of coinciding with when twitter was kind of really growing into its own yeah i remember that being the first big tv finale that i that yeah. you heard about i watched it after first run so i had never seen a breaking bad episode in my life and i just decided to turn on the finale and i watched the finale just it would the probably finale. made absolutely no sense but nope it was phenomenal though like that's 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 another one of those shows that is storytelling at its mm-hmm. absolute peak i i definitely Top of my list. I still need to see Breaking Bad. So that one and True Detective and All Westworld. Right. Before you put those ones priority one A one B before your HBO subscription runs out now. All right. All right. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks to Carl Chevrolet. Thanks to the professional MBA program, the Ivy College of Business at Iowa State. We will talk to you guys again next week. We're two weeks out from an epic event. Probably the nicest episode of Stands and Fits in history definitely the nicest with much anticipation Mm -hmm. two weeks from now uh right here back on the cycle fanatic podcast network peace